Hello everyone, this is Berkay from D2C Wheel. D2C Wheel is an online community where we talk about direct-to-consumer brands, technologies and everything in the D2C space. Before jumping into the episode, I just wanted to tell you more about the weekly newsletter we have just started. By subscribing to it on d2cwills.com newsletter, you'll have an access to exclusive tips from successful D2C entrepreneurs, weekly insights from the industry and a vibrant community of D2C experts. You can find the link for subscribing to it in the description of this episode. Okay, hello, great people of the direct-to-consumer community. This is Barka, your podcast host. And today we are together with famous celebrity, makeup artist and founder of Pretty Girl Makeup, Christina Flack. So, hey, Christina, it's a great pleasure to have you on our podcast studio. How are you doing? Hi, thank you so much for having me. How are you today? I'm good. Thank you. Thank you for being here, Christina. It's uh, my pleasure. Yeah, where are you dialing from? I am in Sitka, Alaska right now. Yeah, this yes. is exciting. <laughs> yeah. Yes, it is. <laughs> Christina, uh, so I'm going directly into my questions. I prepared a lot of questions. Oh, I'm ready. Fire okay. away. Okay, so on your website, Christina, it said you have started your brand in the late 90s, I guess in 1995. 99. 1999, yes. Okay, so it's a very early date, isn't it? So what were you yes, doing? Yes, you probably like, weren't even born. No, I was <laughs> I was born in Nigeria. <laughs> okay. So it's a very early date. It's definitely a very early date for direct-to-consumer. So what were you doing back in the day and what made you build your own brand? I was a mother of five and mm. I decided that I wanted to, I was a makeup artist um, and I had been a makeup artist, but I had always wanted to find a lip gloss that would last. As a mm. mom, I was driving around in my car, drinking water, putting on lip gloss, it was a constant battle. And I couldn't find one that would last, that wasn't drying or, or damaging to the lips. So I thought it can't be that hard to create my own brand. Um, and ignorance is bliss. And it's a, it was probably better that I didn't know how much it would be, um, how much work, effort, time, money over the mm-hmm. years. But I've enjoyed every step of the way. And I think that's what keeps my brand. I think any brand that is successful with in any you know, whatever it is that you have, if you love what you're doing and you're not just doing it for the money, you will succeed. It will take time. Sure. But if you are excited to wake up every morning and tackle the problems and and different, the ups and downs of, of your, of your brand um, and the changes that go along in the world um, with it, a lot of changes have gone on since I started my brand in 1999. There was no Facebook, there was no Instagram, there was no um, people that influencers. So it's just different. Yeah. And what were your first steps back in the day? How did you start? Well, I met with a a beauty chemist Mm -hmm. and we formulated the lip gloss and the lip plumper. And it took significantly longer than I had imagined. I thought that, oh, it'll take a month. Um, Mm -hmm. And that was certainly not the case. It took over a year to formulate the lip gloss, the texture and the colors. Um, I was self-funded at the time. Mm -hmm. And so it just was something that it... I wanted it to look good on all different skin types and skin tones. And, you know, it, it, so it took a lot, lot longer, but it was a really fun process and very interesting uh, working with the beauty chemist because I didn't realize how many different ingredients were going to go into the lip gloss. Um, and I wanted it to be natural and good for you. I wanted it to be anti-aging. So it Mm -hmm. was um, a very interesting process. They would send samples. I would test it on myself and friends and send it back with notes. And it just went on for a year. 
Yeah, and like, did you need it? Did you need to get some certain approvals or certifications on your product? Is that how it the works? company, the 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 manufacturer has all of that. The the mm. chemist is all certified, and so it's all okay. FDA approved. Yes. Okay. Okay. And what did you do afterwards? After I finally created the brand. Yeah. How did you, how well, did you first it was start? like, how did I get it out there? I started giving it to friends and family. Um, mm. And then I would give it to different celebrities that I would meet on photo shoots. So my brand is interesting. Um, I am my brand and my brand is me. So mm. me being a, you know, I still am a celebrity makeup artist and I mm. have tons of clients that I work with. So that, and I'm in different magazines for working on my clients. And so mm. I also write magazine articles about uh, beauty and wellness. So all of those things. And I'm the beauty expert um, on California Live NBC. Mm-hmm. So I do that about two to four times a month. So all of the things that I do help my brand because mm-hmm. it, it keeps me out in the world. And, um, and I do different podcasts speaking about beauty and wellness and entrepreneurship and um, mm-hmm. all these different things. So they, they've all contributed to the success of my brand, I my see. brands, because I'm starting a new one. So. <laughs> okay, I'm going to ask you about that in a second. But who were your first customers when you were first building? Besides my family, <laughs> besides my family and my friends, I had, let's see, who were my first celebrities? Um, I had uh, Gina Davis, Hilary mm. Swank, Miley wow. Cyrus. Um, Miley Cyrus? A bunch of different, I mean, a lot of different, yes, she had um, the lip gloss next to her bed. Yeah. And in style magazine. So that was pretty exciting. So yes, I've had a lot of different, um, on, you know, christinaflack.com and prettygirlmakeup.com. We have a lot of different, uh, celebrities that have used my brand and I've used it in a lot of different campaigns, which is nice too. Yeah. I understand. Like you sort of have a, like one-on-one personal connection with those celebrities. Like they sit there for, I don't know, for 30 minutes. I don't know. And you get to spend face-to-face time with them. Like how did this, I mean, it's a stupid question, but how did this help you? Well, I usually spend like a day or two with these celebrities. Yeah. So if I, my agents book me, my agents book me jobs. Um, and so I go on set, if I'm working with Gucci, Louis Vuitton, um, if I'm working for, you know, different brands that I can use my lip gloss, I will use it on them. And so I just get to spend time with them, get to know them. And, um, you know, I always, when I have a, you know, female celebrity or man, I give it to them. I give them a packet of the lip gloss with my business card and all my social media links. And I give it to them as a gift and hopefully they enjoy it. And, and that's kind of how it started. I, I used to work right for soap opera digest as a celebrity kind of basher. Mm. I would, you know, make comments on different celebrities on what they were wearing. And there was an mm. actress named Sharon case, um, mm. that I said something about her, what she was wearing. Um, but my publicist had sent her some lip gloss. And so she called one day and said, hey, this is Sharon Case. And I thought, oh gosh, what did I say? I'm sorry. And she said, no, nothing. Yeah. She was, well, yeah, you kind of insulted me, but the outfit was awful. Uh, <laughs> she said, can I, can I buy some of your lip gloss and, and lipstick? And I said, I, I can't insult you and charge you. So I sent her uh, you know, a box of, of lip gloss and lipstick And so she started wearing it and then people would comment to her. She would get fan mail saying, I love your lipstick. I like your lip gloss. Where is it? Who's it from? And she was very gracious to say pretty girl makeup. So that's kind of how it started. It created the world of mild, right? 
the best. It's the best that people, you know, like your products um, and they continue to use them. You know, brand loyalty is a very, it's a big deal, you know, and um, I really like that my, I try to be very responsive. If I get, you know, emails from people or comments on social media, I, you know, my team and I, we respond as quickly as possible. Yeah. Yeah, sure. Definitely. So like you mentioned, the brand loyalty is at utmost importance. Like you're working with those celebrities and they're using your products. They love them, but they're not using them for the uh, partnership income they're making from using your products. They genuinely love and use your products, right? And that makes a difference, I guess, isn't it? Yes. Yeah, especially before, you know, like five, 10 years ago, that was definitely the case. Now, you know, you need to pay these influencers, which, yeah. you know, it's risky paying these influencers because you're not guaranteed that, you know, their followers are going to, you know, purchase mm -hmm. your products. So it's, it's always risky with any different type of marketing that you, that you use with these influencers. Some of them have great response and a lot of it's just luck. There's nothing more to it than just, you know, the influencer can say, oh, I love it and it's amazing, but mm -hmm. it doesn't always guarantee revenue. And that's what's scary and risky. Paying yes, someone thousands of dollars. Yeah, it is. Uh, Christina, you mentioned that you talk to the celebrities, you give, your business card to those people, your social media addresses and everything. But what was it like back in the day, you know, in the early 2000s? How did you spread it the was, word? It was very difficult. Well, I had a publicist, Yvette Masterson okay. with Y Public Relations. And mm -hmm. what how it worked back then was the beauty editors in the magazines were the big influencers. Mm -hmm. um, so you would go to New York or LA, um, you would send them products. And then, you know, a few times a year, you would go meet with them in person. Mm -hmm. And the same with the celebrities, you would send them products and it was kind of the deal. They would just, if they got something in the mail and they used it and they liked it, they would talk about it and wear it, but it was different. You didn't have to pay them. They were, it was just kind of like a, a trade. You'd mm -hmm. give them product and they'd say something nice and they'd say it in the magazine or they'd use it. Um, so it was, it was the publicists, the celebrities, the magazines were very important. And so that has changed in, in, in the beauty industry. You have to kind of go with the different changes that are occurring. You know, now there are, you know, there's Facebook, there's Instagram, there's TikTok, there's all these different, different ways that you can sell products. And so you have to kind of be able to be open and ch changing with the changes or, yeah. you know, you're, you're not going to succeed. Yeah, sure. Definitely. And like back in the day, back then when publicists and like magazines were important, what were your main sales channels? You know, did you ever do retail sales or yes. did you have a website then retail? Mm -hmm. Well, we had a website. We had a website. We also sold to store. We wholesaled it to stores. Mm -hmm. um, and then a lot was just in magazines. I got a ton of press. Um, I was very blessed with my publicist was amazing. She is mm -hmm. amazing, but she, um, we got into a lot of magazines and that was a big thing. Magazines, newspapers, beauty editors with um, newspapers as well were very important. It really helped generate sales. But you never know what's going to be a big seller. I you know, I've been in People, Vogue, um, you know, in style. And I always thought, oh, you know, you get faxes. That was how things worked back then, where I imagine. Um, <laughs> and then I was in, you know, I remember there was a newspaper in Minnesota, in Minneapolis, that wrote this tiny six-line piece on, you know, my lip gloss and I sold mm. more lip gloss in that, from that article than I sold in the entire, you know, mm. third quarter of that year. So you just never know, um, what's going to work and what's not going to work. Sometimes things that you think aren't going to work 
are incredibly successful and other things that you think, oh, this is a home run. They aren't always, a lot of it's just luck. But you know, now with these algorithms, you know, when you do the paid marketing, you kind of have an idea, your target, you're at least your success rate is going to be a, a lot better because at least you know who you're targeting. You're not just throwing it out to the entire world. You're targeting, you know, females and males sometimes from a certain age um, that buy beauty products. So that's, it helps, but it's never guaranteed. Yeah, sure. Like, yeah, I definitely agree with you. And now let's focus on the 2023, right? You said things have changed. Uh, like, are you still a makeup artist yourself? Like you still get your hands dirty or you are more like a business owner running the things from the background sort of? No, I am still a makeup artist. I have three agents. I'm mm. with Ford, New York, Miami, Chicago, LA. I am with Zenobia and I am with Brandy Moore. And so I have three different agents and I have clients that I've worked with for years and years. I work a lot with the Food Network, Fox, mm. uh, Bloomberg and different yeah. uh you know, fashion brands that I still work with. And so I do, I love that to me. I kind of stopped for a while. I just thought, oh, I'm just going to be a CEO and run my business, but I missed it so much. I love people. I love to travel. I like to be in new places. So it's a perfect balance because I don't um, work every day as a makeup artist. It's, you know, it comes in spurts. Some weeks I've had weeks where I will be with, uh, for example, Uh, Last month or two months ago, I was in LA for Bloomberg. And then I went to uh, San Diego. I did Visa with the CEO of Visa for two days, actually one day. Then I went back up to uh, San Francisco and I did Sammy Hagar and Guy Fieri uh, for their tequila brand Santos. And then I went up to Sacramento the next day and worked with Gavin Newsom um, and uh, Sean Hannity for Fox. So I'll have a week like that. And then I can have a week where there's nothing or one or two things. So yeah. Oh. tomorrow I go back to, tomorrow I go back to the Bay area in San Francisco. And okay. on Wednesday, I have a CEO coming in that I'm going to be doing hair and makeup. Um, I'm going to be doing in, uh, two days with William Sonoma with Tyler Florence, who's been mm. my client for over 15 years. Um, let's see what else. I have some other, oh, I'm going to uh, Phoenix, Arizona for three days to work on another project at the end of the month. So it's always different. Yeah. So days yeah. I don't, days I'm not on set, I'll do podcasts. I'll do California live. I will write articles for magazines. I will work, you know, on my, you know, pretty girl, or I will work on my new company. I'm too busy. Mm-hmm. I mean, I, I don't really know what to say. It's really sounds like a tight schedule and it seems like you really are in love with what you're doing, isn't it? Yes, I am. I do enjoy it. I like that. I like that it's different all the time. I enjoy, you know, meeting new people. It inspires me and it, um, it keeps things from getting old. I, I think when I was just running my business and I stopped being a makeup artist for a little while, yeah. I got really bored. It was just, it just didn't feel right. So it's a perfect balance for me. I figured out, you know, what I love doing and, you know, I've gotten very comfortable being uncomfortable. Uh, that was a new yeah. thing I learned in the, this year. Um, I didn't expect, I started last year uh, being on NBC on California Live and I was never comfortable being in front of the camera. Like it terrified me. But Mm. my uh, TV husband that I do my shows with, Berlin Fisher, he's just said, look, I'm going to be standing right next to you. You're talking about everything you know. So there's nothing to be afraid of. So that that was helpful. 
Yeah. And so I did do that. And then I started writing magazine articles. Um, I've been published quite a bit. My, they'll show, you know, work that I've done, but then I'll talk about, you know, different products and different trends and uh, tips and hacks that, you know, that I use as a makeup artist. So that all helps my brand as well. Yeah. Yeah. Like Christina, this all sounds very exciting, but at the same time, life of a CEO of a direct consumer brand is already filled up with various different activities business-wise, right? So like, are you getting any help? Because it sounds like from this perspective, it sounds impossible for you to like, you know, keep up with everything that's happening in your business. Are you getting any help? Oh yes. I totally have help. I have a social media team that does all that. Mm. and marketing and my partner Jordan Hall uh you know does all the tech stuff um you know he does the website the marketing and all of that mm. the money part you know we have to raise money for our new brand um, mm. because there's no way that we can compete with you know me funding it like I've done in the past yeah. it's impossible because now you do have to pay for influencers you do have to pay for you know marketing yeah. differently than before yeah, sure. so you know you do I've had to you know, my partner put together a business plan that I was never, I never did before because I just paid for everything myself, but it's, you can't compete as a high level, um, mm -hmm. without having funding. It's impossible. Yeah, sure. Sure. Definitely. Like you said, you have a dedicated social media team. Are they yes. producing content for, uh, your brand? Yes. And I also send them a lot of images. I will send them images of, of, projects I've worked on, different clients. So we kind of incorporate me being a, a working makeup artist with mm -hmm. the brand. And so that helps sell as well. Mm, yeah, sure. And I just okay. haven't, I didn't just put on a brand. I didn't just like slap on a label onto my products. I actually worked with a beauty chemist. I am a working makeup artist. So it's, it's very different. And there's a lot of celebrities or, you know, and that's a little frustrating as well. Sometimes you see these people that have an endless supply of money, and they aren't makeup artists, you know, they're, you know, different celebrities and it's great that they are able to come up with a brand, but, you know, I don't know how much input they actually put into it. Um, and are, you know, it's different as a makeup artist. I'm dealing with people and faces, different skin tones all the time. So it's, it would be impossible for them to have had the experience that I have um, mm -hmm. working on different people than just working on themselves. Okay. So like, you're not the biggest supporter of celebrities starting their own brands, I guess. Well, it's hard. I'm probably jealous. <laughs> you know, I, you know, it is, it's, it's hard to compete with them. They have like yeah. funding and all this, you know, money. And I've worked really, really hard to have a good brand um, and do it by myself. But that's, see, you can't do that anymore. I mean, it's, it's, you probably couldn't do it before. It's impossible. You're not going to get the results that you want and you're not going to be as successful to get acquired later on if you don't have, you know, the proper funding. So yeah, it's, it's, it's a little frustrating when you see someone like a Kylie Jenner who yeah. isn't a makeup artist and now is a billionaire and like was a billionaire in 18 months. It's like, it's a little frustrating, but that's life. It's just, you got to deal with it and good for her that she was able to be successful and have a, a brand, you know, she's clearly worked really hard. She didn't just, you know, walk into it. She worked really hard putting her brand together with her marketing and her team. So good for I admire them yeah. and I'm a tinge and a touch jealous. <laughs> That's totally understandable, isn't it? I mean, I don't know, Rihanna, mm -hmm. Kylie Jenner, they're all are starting their own businesses and they have all the exposure in the world, right? They have millions of millions of followers on Instagram. Millions. Yes. So yeah. it's great, but you know what? Good for them for using that, all of that for something positive. 
mm. and creating something that they're really proud of. I mean, I think it's great. I really do. Yeah. Like, I guess I'm going a bit off topic here, but in the previous episodes, we had the co-founder of VRMA Cosmetics, VRMA Cosmetics, Camille. Maybe you know her. I don't know. But no, he mentioned that the, like, he's, she's also from the beauty sector. And she mentioned that the future of the CPG, the beauty sector, is not looking very bright because of the increased competition from the celebrity side and because of the dried up resources in the capital markets, like the funds are going down and everything. So what is your personal take for the future of this sector? I agree. It's very yeah. challenging. There are so many different brands and there's only so much money and You know, that's why I do all the different things I do, why I go on California Live, why I write articles, why I do like I do everything I possibly can to be yeah. to be different. So there aren't a lot of makeup artists that are doing what I do. So that's why you just have to figure out what you're comfortable doing and 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 do it. And and you know, it I don't feel like anything's a failure when you're setting a goal. I don't like the word trying. I used to say, oh, well, I'm trying, but that kind of gives you wiggle worm to fail. So I set a goal and I, you know, for example, writing magazine articles. Okay. I do that. And that, you know, that puts my name, my brand, the website on out in the world. But if something doesn't work, it just means it's a lesson or it means you have to take a different direction. You take it some, or it'll lead to something else. So I don't believe in failure. I think when you're setting goals and, and working towards something, it's always a positive, but sometimes you can't look at it like, Oh, that failed. Nothing's a failure. If you're, you know, going down the road with your goal, but it is frustrating and it's hard. But if you're in, again, that's why it's so important when you're creating a brand, you have to love what you're doing. You can't just yeah. be like, Oh, I'm doing this to make a billion dollars because yeah. you're going to start, if you don't really love it every minute of the day, seven days a week, you're going to resent it and you are going to fail because you just aren't loving it. it. It That's why I think the people that succeed, even if it takes them 15 years, 20 years, 30 years, they're loving it every day. And so they don't fail and they don't quit. So that's the difference between a, a brand that's going to be successful and one that will fail. Mm. I think. Yeah, yeah definitely. Mm. agree. I mean, at the end of the day, the competition in the market is so harsh at the moment. And people, when people like come in and say, yeah, we have a product and we can like scale it up to a million dollars in a one, two year timeline. It doesn't really make sense, doesn't it? <laughs> so it's funny. No, because you don't know, because a lot of it is timing and a lot yeah. of it is luck. And a lot of it is, you know, if you had an amazing brand and started it, you know, during the pandemic, mm. it's going to fail and it's not yeah. your fault. Sometimes there's you know, undying circumstances that, that are undue circumstances that are going to, you know, not help your business and it's not your fault, but you have to just deal with what is. So yeah. it's, um, timing is a lot, a lot. Yeah, sure. Uh, so Christina, you mentioned that you do all these different sorts of things to acquire new customers, get your brand in front of more and more people like live TV shows, magazines and everything, but like a regular a normal direct to consumer brand, but it would like what the founder would do is come up with a product and pay as much as possible to advertisement on social media platforms and try to through those try to you know reach to its target audience so my question would be right. now do you do any of those do you do paid advertisement on social media on google yes we do we do mm. all of that plus what i do so 
I'm doing everything in my capability and my everything I can to yeah. help the brand. Um, okay. And obviously that is the way it, it works right now, but yeah. I can guarantee one thing I can guarantee that will change too, because it's constant change. Mm. You know, if, if you would look back to when I started the company, you know, in the early two thousands to yeah. now the last 23 years, it's changed yeah. so much. You know, there yeah. wasn't, I, I, at the time when it was the beauty, you know, the, the beauty editors at the magazines that were in charge of everything, they had to say like, whether your brand was going to succeed or not. Mm -hmm. I thought that was going to last forever, but it didn't. Yeah. So, you know, their magazines aren't as, I, I never would have thought in a million years that magazines weren't going to be as important um, as they were back then. And they're and not. So maybe it will change back. Yeah. It all happened within a decade, right? In 10 years, everything changed. Yes. Yeah. Everything changed. So from what I have experienced from all of that change, I'm sure that there's going to be more change of something that we can't even imagine. So yeah. you just have to be able to, to flow with it and figure out a way to make it work. Yeah, sure. Uh, but like you mentioned, I'm assuming that you're not on that side of the business, but you mentioned that you still do pay debts, right? So yes. do you like, can you give us an idea of your efforts down there? What are you doing? What sort of, you know, platforms, what platforms are you using the most? What is the ones with the lowest customer acquisition costs? So we do no. a lot with TikTok, mm -hmm. a lot with TikTok, Instagram, Facebook, um, okay. Google as well. So it just depends on what product we're going to be promoting and, mm -hmm. you know, the time of year mm -hmm. and how it's reacting. So we deal, look a lot with the algorithms okay, and how those are changing. So that's basically what we do. And, and how do you make decisions? we have meetings. My partner and I will have a meeting and we'll talk about different things that are going on. He'll show me different statistics and I'll just, you know, I, I, tr you know, I think it's super important that, you know, you trust your team and let them not micromanage. I try yeah. to let them, the ones that are experts in dealing with these algorithms and the different changes with the tech portion of it, I let them do it. I will listen. Um, mm -hmm. I'll give an opinion, but I basically just let them. And the same with with the you know social media team. I let them do what I pay them to do because I, you the uh, you know a good being a good CEO means teaching you know letting your team do what they need to do and not micromanaging and butting into every little thing. Yeah, yeah, sure, definitely. Uh, like I'm trying to get into more specifics. You can't stop me, by the way. If it's like if you're not comfortable, but like what sort of data you're looking at when you're, for example, deciding to put a new product, new advertisements on TikTok instead of Facebook? I think we just try and do all the above and yeah. see what's going to work. Because again, as I mentioned earlier, yeah. we never really know what's going to work. A lot of it's timing, luck, um, mm -hmm. and just who knows. But we'll put it all up out there and just see what happens. And if it, if one thing's not working, we'll just shift it and make it try a different way. There's no, I think in the beauty industry, there's nothing that's concrete and cement. You just kind of have to go with the flow and go with the change and keep trying until you figure out what is going to work mm -hmm. and what influencer is going to work. You know, you could pay someone enormous sums of money. Um, and sometimes it just doesn't, convert into sales, but then you mm -hmm. could find someone else that is not as popular, but they love it. And it just, 
it's just a lot of luck, unfortunately. Yeah, yeah sure. In the Sustainability Champions podcast, uh, I listened that you mentioned your, all of your products are vegan and cruelty-free. Yes. Yes. And I kind of got the impression that you're totally against the excessive use of plastic packaging, isn't it? Yes. So could you I tell am. us more about that? I just feel that there's so much unneeded waste in um, shipping. Um, Amazon, you know, I've gotten different products from different companies that will send me things. They'll mm -hmm. put one little mascara wrapped in like 20 sheets of paper in a huge yeah. box and it presents beautifully and looks well, but it's so wasteful. So yeah. with the new company, I'm too busy. It's super important to me. I want all the paper products to be recyclable and I just want it to be minimal. I don't want to be using excess boxes, excess tissue um, because people, it looks very lovely, but it's wasteful. So I just feel that, especially with the name, I'm too busy. It goes it's kind of with the, it's on brand with keeping it just minimal and basic and what you need and not using, not wasting. Okay. Okay. I want it to be a sustainable company and from that respect. Yeah. Yeah, sure. Definitely. I agree. And I appreciate that. So, okay. Now <laughs> you mentioned that a lot. So now let's talk about the elephant in the room, your new brand. Uh, it's I'm ah, too the busy. elephant in the room. Yes. Yeah. I'm too busy. It's name is right. Yes. Uh, yes, because that's kind that? of my life. I'm too busy. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Yes. Uh, okay. I hear from, you know, I meet people constantly and they're telling me what exactly do I need uh, for how many products do I need for having good skin? Mm -hmm. Or the other comment is I don't have enough time to do a beauty regimen every day. There's too many steps. So um, I worked with um, a beauty chemist in New York that mm -hmm. actually formulated the Urban Decay setting spray. He's amazing. And so mm -hmm. I told him, I said, I wanted something that was, you know, really good for the skin, but different. And so we're doing a reverse cleansing, which means he asked one of the questions, first questions he asked me was, so what do you do first thing in the morning? And I said, well, splash my face with water. And he said, no, ding, 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 wrong. And I said, well, why is that wrong? And he said, because there's so much garbage in our water, you know, he said, well, don't you, you drink filtered water? And I said, well, yes. And he said, well, is your water filtered out for your face? And I'm like, no. <laughs> yeah. So um, he said, I rest my case. So what we do is on steps one and two, it is a moisturizer and a cleanser. Mm -hmm. And we add that to the face and then add the water because then there's a protective shield protecting your skin from the chemicals and minerals um, that are in water. So that was interesting. And then the third is the third step is protection. Um, mm -hmm. to rejuvenate the skin. So it's three steps. Hopefully people do it twice a day, morning and night. But yeah. I wanted that to be just simple and basic. And I wanted it to be able, I wanted it to be accessible for men and women and affordable. Um, then from the makeup standpoint, I hear all the time, every time I go to the department store, I'm sold a bunch of stuff I don't use. It doesn't fit my lifestyle and I don't know how to use it. So mm -hmm. I wanted to create a brand that... You just, I want to have brand loyalty. I want my customers to want to buy my products. So I yeah. want them to like, for example, we're doing a foundation stick that you can use as foundation, uh, concealer and a primer for your eyes. So that's a three in one, it's a stick and it's easy to carry around. Um, mm -hmm. And then, you know, something for the brows, shadows, some basic shadows, liners, mascara, cheek and lip, and that's it. Um, mm -hmm. I don't want to have a bunch of products that are going to be sitting in someone's makeup bag or in their drawer, just collecting dust. So mm -hmm. I wanted it to be 
condensed, tight, and just a, a line that's actually being used, all the products used every day. Mm, yeah, it, it sounds great. And can I also very briefly ask you about how are you going to fund your next project? Fund this? That's what we're doing right now. Funding, looking, you know, different meeting with different investors. Mm. Um, and it has been definitely a challenge. It has taken so much longer than I had anticipated. We had people that were all in and then they're not, and then they want you to wait and it goes on and on. So that has definitely been a challenge um, mm -hmm. because you don't want to go down that rabbit hole again of yeah. self-funding because it's just, it's not going to succeed and it's not effective. Yeah. And the amount of funding you need in this day and age is much more than back in the day, right? So you need to have it's, part. It's much more and it needs to be constant. It's not just one yeah. chunk of money. It needs to be yeah. like a three-year commitment of yeah. a certain amount followed by a certain amount. But, you know, in exchange, you are giving up part of your company. You are also um, having to demonstrate, there's got to be positive sales from the beginning or that second amount of funding and the third amount of funding is not going to come in. So it is yeah. a lot more strategic and a lot more challenging than anything I could imagine. I mean, the creating the brand and the, you know, selecting the different shades and the different you know, products, that's the fun part. All yeah. the other business part is frustrating on a good day, infuriating on most days, but it's, it's just part of it. And you have to, you know, it, a lot of it is, I believe a lot of it is attitude. I can't, I mean, I just said those words that it's infuriating and frustrating, but I can't yeah. allow that actually to be, I have to have the mindset that this is part of the process. I enjoy it. I'm meeting with new people and it's making me, it's pushing me to places that are very uncomfortable. I don't like having to ask for money. I don't like having to answer all these questions sometimes, but it's making me be a better version of me and yeah. making, you know, for the company to see, I have to do this. It's just not an option. Yeah. Well, good luck with everything. I know it will be challenging, but I hope that everything will turn out to be good for you. So Christina, yeah, well. we are coming to the end of this podcast. Uh, so before closing, is there anything else you would like to share with our audience? Oh my gosh. I think we've covered everything. I don't know. Do you have yeah. another question? I I'm like, I, I can't, come up with, <laughs> I can't come up with 20 more questions, but, but we are out of time here. Yes. No, I just think, um, you know, enjoy what you're doing and, mm -hmm. I think I've done things that I had not expected that I would do. I didn't expect to be writing articles. I didn't expect to be doing podcasts or TV. So I think being open to things, um, to different opportunities and not saying no automatically, because that's what I would have probably done before. Like, I, I'm not a writer. I'm a makeup artist. Oh, I'm not a beauty person on TV. I'm, I'm behind the camera. So I think being open to things um, and different opportunities is something that I've learned and it's turned out really well. And I've actually ended up enjoying them much more than I had ever um, expected. Yeah. Uh, what can I say, Christina? Thank you for being here and sharing your wonderful story. Oh, I wish thank you, all you the for success. having me. Thank, yeah, you. thank you. for being here. I wish you all the success for your current business. Thank you and so much. For, yeah, for your next project. So for our listeners, remember to visit prettygirlmakeup.com for vegan and cruelty-free makeup products. And visit directd2cville.com if you'd like to learn more about Pretty Girl Makeup's tool stack. So, Christina, again, thanks yes. for being here. And you here. can also go to christinaflack.com uh, yes, um, to look at, yes, christinaflack.com. And you can scroll down and see all the different videos that we do on California yeah. Live and, and different projects that I work on. Yes, and I'm too busy.co is up as well. And there'll be new products coming up. Okay, great. Thanks for reminding that. 
Uh, yeah, of do course. that. Our audience, do that. <laughs> do visit these websites. <laughs> <laughs> yes, please go to those websites. Yes. Yeah, Thank okay. you so much. Thank you so much, Christina. Have a wonderful rest of the day. You as well. Thank you. Yeah.